0: the uplands, tiny jewel-like flowers of purple, yellow, and blue, sprinkled in the grikes between the flat shining slabs of stone. Orange-tipped butterflies swoop among the cuckoo flowers, vibrant blue-green dragonflies haunt the crystal waters of the spring wells, and larks soar high above the contented cattle. The sky, on that morning of the eve of Bialtana, 1509, was a clear, bright blue with wisps of bog cotton clouds drifting slowly across. There had been rain during the night, but the heat of the sun was already strong enough to draw a fine mist from the clints that paved the fields, turning the limestone from blue-black to silver-grey, and warming the massive stone walls that enclosed the scholar's house, the farm manager's house, the guest house, the schoolhouse, and the kitchen house of the law school of caharvik Nocton. No one was awake there. No sound of scholars' voices, no clatter of breakfast pans, no clank of the water-pump. All was silent except for the excited high, feet-feet-feet call of the swallows, and the distant lowing of cows, knee-deep in the golden dust of the buttercups. A hundred yards away from the law school was the Brehens house, a substantial two-storey building of well-cut stone with a wispy plume of aromatic peat smoke drifting from the central chimney. Around the house was a garden of about one acre. From the front door to the gate ran a path of stone flags lined with pots of lilies. A small woodland of hazel trees to the west protected the plants against the strong salt-laden winds from the Atlantic. To the north was a hedge of gleaming dark green holly, tall white flowers growing in its shelter. To the east and the south were low hedges of perfumed lavender and in the centre a gently curving bed, crammed with tiny blue gentians, twisted and coiled through the garden. In the garden, Mara, Brehan of the Burren, was kneeling on the path pulling out weeds from among her gentians. She was a tall woman, still slim despite her thirty-six years of hearty eating, and her raven-black hair, plaited and coiled at the back of her neck, showed no signs of grey. She wore the traditional linen laigne, a creamy white tunic which suited her dark hair and her olive skin. Over it she wore a green fitted gown, laced up at the front, its flowing sleeves caught in tightly at the wrist. Mara was an immensely busy woman with responsibility for the law school as well as for maintaining law and order in the stony kingdom of the Burren so these few moments that she spent every day in her garden in the early morning or late evening were very important to her. However, she was also a very sociable person who enjoyed a chat with her neighbours, so when footsteps sounded on the stone road that ran between cahervic and Bower North, she looked across the wall. "'You're out early, Breton. The voice was familiar, and with a smile of pleasure Mara stood up, abandoning her weeding. It's a beautiful morning, Diarmuid, she said. Yes, it's a beautiful morning, God bless it. The grass is beginning to grow fast now with the strength of the sun. It'll soon be haymaking time. Would you like a cup of ale? No, no, Diarmuid said, shaking his head. Mara said no more, just waited. Diarmuid O'Connor would not be walking along the road past Cahervic Nocton so soon after dawn just to discuss the weather with her something else was troubling him. "'I was hoping I might see you,' he said eventually, avoiding her eyes. She surveyed him carefully. He was about her own age, a man of medium height and red-blonde hair, his skin covered with freckles from daily exposure to the clear skies and the fierce winds of the Atlantic. She had known him since they were both children.' She knew him to be trustworthy, a good neighbour, loyal to his clan, to his neighbours, and a self sufficient man. He lived alone on a farm in Bower North, about a mile from Kahviknochten. What's wrong? she asked. He fidgeted uneasily. She suspected that he would have preferred to go on talking about the weather. Well, you know there has been a bit of trouble between our kin group and the McNamara's he asked after a while yes she said encouragingly well my brown cow was missing this morning he went on i went to look at her first thing i thought she might have dropped a calf last